What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Expect the Bets 4 presented by the Odds Breakers. On this week's episode, we'll be breaking down the Pacific Division and offering our best bets. At the end, we'll also be breaking down the Global Series game that will be taking place tomorrow, so be sure to stick around for that. Uh, before I start, I want to bring in the rest of the crew. Cheds, how we doing? Doing good, doing good. Sorry for my dog barking in the background uh, there. Uh, NHL hockey's back tomorrow. So yeah, it's great. Love it. Um, and we're all betting Roman Yossi shots on goal, which is fantastic. Yeah, give it, give a little yeah, shout out promo. about your promo. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb for anybody not to take it. Yeah, so basically, I'm working with a, a new sportsbook called Fliff. Um, once a week, they allow me to boost my own play on the app. Um, and my boosted play for tomorrow is going to be Roman Yossi to get over two and a half shots, boosted down from 180 minus 180 to minus 125. Um, so get some really good value there on what is a, a goat of the shot on goal community, I think. Yep. And you can find him uh, that link at uh, Top Cheddar Picks on Twitter. Uh, so Facts. everyone looking for that, check that out. Franco, how we doing? Awesome, man. Can't wait to get this started. Let's go, baby. Yeah, some great news out of Philly today. So that's exciting. Uh, Betsky, how are we feeling? Oh, I'm I'm doing pretty good over here. I wish that game wasn't at. 11 o'clock here tomorrow but uh luckily we don't have any work meetings so we may need, we may need to sneak that one on uh, i exactly. do yeah. i do have to say one thing very excited that fandle has alt lines up as well as alt player points up um up to three points and player shots up to eight um uh, that's awesome I, yeah, that's... I know we were all kind of worried that that might be like a playoff thing that they take away but it's looking like uh it's gonna be here to stay it's a lot of shots on goal ladders, which I'm really excited about. We get some really creative parlays. And that. I love that alt points too. Oh, it's I mean, that's though. one of those the alt things. Shots on goal are great. Yeah. So the it's one pretty much the like closest thing we can get to same games right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do have to say one thing, um, and I don't want to talk about Fliff too, too much, but I was talking with my buddy Fast Money Labs, and he realized Fliff is the only sports book that allows you to same game parlay points with a ton uh, of correlation, but they're not realizing any correlation. It's kind of broken at this point. And I realize if we like smack it, it'll eventually get taken down. But like, I think, let me just pull up. You might as well try to smack it before. It, I mean, someone's going to do it. So you can do yeah. your McDavid point and dry point and maybe get some almost even odds. Yeah. So let, look, let's, wow. for example, let's go to San Jose Sharks versus National Predators. First off, they let you um, same game parlay shots, which I think other than FanDuel, I can't think of another book that lets you do that. And I'm just pulling this up and I have a damn communication error. But like Fast Money Labs brought it up and he's like, wait, uh, I can't believe they allow this. I mean, it's, so it's one of those things that you don't understand, like, why hasn't that been implemented anywhere yet, at least I, by one book to, to just. I think, like he said, it, there's so much correlation. If you just take three guys on a top power play where one goal literally gets you it, like they don't know how to correlate that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do Duchesne, Yossi and Johansson, right? Three guys on the same power play unit. And it lets me same game parlay. I'm trying to see what the odds are. Like my thing's acting slow. Yeah, and it's just taking like a normal parlay at like plus four fifty. Wow, for the three of them to get a point, which they again could all get on one goal. play. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I, I think, like I said, hopefully that stays like that. But I feel like if we hit that a couple times, it'll be a 
Maybe maybe we don't tweet out those ones. Yeah, <laughs> let's right keep now. this to ourselves. It's too late now. Now, yeah. yeah. Oh, and also, right. if if anybody's not on Flip, it's really cool with the little point system they got going too, because you can just kind of play some of your gut plays and see how they pan out, and you just use these like free points that you get daily. Yep. All right. Well, let's get into it. I don't want to derail yeah. this into a flip. Yeah. They're not paying me. In. They're not paying us. The <laughs> They're not sponsoring the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get into the Anaheim Ducks here. Obviously, they improved their top six. They bring in Ryan Strom and Frank Vitrano. Uh, Strom coming off a career high, 21 goals for the Rangers last season. Vitrano had 32 points in 71 games for the Rangers and Panthers. Besides that, they bring in Klingberg. Uh, I'll start with you here, Franco. Obviously, a very young team with a few building blocks in place here. Um, what, what's your thoughts on kind of this overall top six here with the addition of Strom and Petrano? It looks good overall. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like it. I don't know if this team is, is going to be good enough to really make waves yet, mm-hmm. but their future just looks amazing. Once some of these, these older guys get out, they, they have a lot of prospects. And it just, I feel like they're going to be picking towards the top of the draft as well again this year. So I, I, I like it. Um, I think they'll be competitive. Um, Gibson is going to be kind of the wild card, I guess, if he can return to form a little bit. He had a down year. Um, they might be, they might kind of surprise a little bit. I know that m- most of us probably have them towards the bottom of the division here, but they could maybe move up a little bit. Yeah, obviously at the trade deadline, they lost Lindholm and Manson, uh, both who turned out uh, Lindholm just signed what a massive deal with the Bruins and Manson re-signed in Colorado. Uh, throw to you here, Chad. They bring in Klingberg. It looks like he's going to be paired up with Drysdale, uh, who is second among rookie D-men. What's your thoughts on that pairing and kind of how they improved this uh, decor that was not great last year? I think a lot of the decor struggles had to do with the goaltending. Yep. Um, John Gibson had a really, really bad season by his own standards. Overall, I think I really like that pairing for Drysdale to give him someone that's a little bit, uh, you know, better defensively um, as a partner and could kind of help stabilize that pairing. Overall, I agree with one thing that Franco said, which is this team has a really exciting future. I think NHL hockey prospects has them as the third best uh, prospect pool in the NHL. And I think they're going to be drafting top seven probably this year. I think this team's going to be pretty bad. Uh, you mentioned add-on of Brian Strom and Frank Vetrano. Those are really like, they're not moving the needle for me. I yeah. watched both of them on that Rangers team, and it's just like, no, they're okay, I guess. Like, they could put up 15 to 20 goals. Yeah. Um, but that was in a good situation on the Florida Panthers and New York Rangers. You're exactly. walking into a much more difficult situation. Exactly. It felt like Toronto benefited from the people around him significantly in uh, New York. But I'll throw it to you here, Buzzkey. This is an interesting team. It seems like they're going to win games. They shouldn't kind of lose games that they have. Obviously, uh, they lack issues in depth, but what's kind of overall your betting approach to this team this year? Um, is, I'm definitely going to feel it out. Um, mm-hmm. Zegris was really great to to use early in the season last year, but both him and Terry got juiced pretty quick. I'm excited to see what McTavish can do. I'm really excited to see what Klingberg can do and Drysdale, too, in the shot department or in the assist department. I have a feeling this team could be one of those teams that as a betting standpoint is really nice to do something kind of like a power play point or something, or going heavy on just like assists or points on maybe some up and comers. 
Um, I agree with everybody here that they haven't really improved, but they didn't get worse. And they were, they managed to sell off a lot of pieces last year. So it's kind of like, they just kind of left it the same. They're going to let the kids develop a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if they sell off a little bit. Another sneaky name would be Comtois. Um, he had a really down year and he's been able to put up points before he's been able to shoot well before I'd like to see if he can kind of get his mojo back. The one thing I'll say about this team, and this is probably my biggest red flag about them. Uh, last year, Troy Terry basically had a, a breakout season going to 37 goals and 70 points, almost a point per game. In my opinion, there's no way he does not regress this year. Uh, one, he had like the fourth or fifth best shooting percentage in the NHL. And two, he his career totals were four, four, seven, and he just jumps to 37. I, I, I see some regression happening there, in my opinion. I'm yeah. overly negative on this team. Partially because I, I see what they're doing for the future. Like, I, if I was them, I would want to be really bad this year. And, like, someone yeah. like Klingberg, like, you trade him early. Even Troy Terry, if he's a 30-goal scorer at $1.4 million contract, you can get a lot of value for someone like that um, if you do choose to trade him. Same thing like Adam Henry, UFA at the end, or in two years, Silverberg. Like they have pieces they can trade to get even better youngsters. And where this division's at right now, I don't think they're going to be competitive. So just put your trust in Zegris, Mason McTavish, who I said to the guys before, like, I think Mason McTavish is going to be better than Trevor Zegris. Um, he's that that good for me. So I think they're going to be pretty bad, though. I think they have a, a lot of pieces, and they should trade them uh, yeah. and just really go all in on the future. Yeah, it's interesting, too. Their point total is four points, or actually five points higher than it was last year. And I get the additions, but I don't think they moved the needle that much. Um, so last year, they had 76 points, and their current point total is 80 and a half here. Chad, you're, I'm assuming you're on the under here. Uh, I, I just think bad teams people need to be careful of, because I think yeah. this is going to be like a historic year of tanking in the NHL. Yeah. With, especially yeah. with the changed rules to the draft lottery, like you can get generational talents this draft, and teams are going to want to get that. And th there was a point last year where Anaheim was actually, I, it was very early in the season when Zegras and Terry were really just kind of ripping everybody to shreds. Getzlaff looked great. And then I imagine management got word that Getzlaff was planning to retire. I don't remember if he said he was going to from the start of the season. I thought it was midseason, but I could be wrong here. And then all of a sudden, the team went from like being in on chicken rumors to just completely being out and went into sell mode and just seeing them kind of replace guys rather than literally improving any of their lineup. And then the whole Klingberg on a one-year deal. I think, I think you're absolutely right that they're, they're going to start selling more spare parts. Yep. I would agree there. Franco, anything else to add uh, on this team? No, I think we're good to move on. All right, one so, one one wild card. Is there any way Gibson can return to somewhat decent form? That's the only thing that scares me on that over and under on 80. I think he could because I think he's a very good goalie. Mm -hmm. But my worry is like usually when you see goalies drop off out of nowhere, like very rarely do I feel like they just reclaim it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I feel like yeah, I agree. goalie has like that bad year, it's just like done for them. I don't know. Or Especially or they need to get or they get moved and then they bounce back, but it's very rare that's on the same team. Especially if they're an older goal. Like I'm not saying mm -hmm. he's old, but he's about to hit 30 this year. Um, if it happens, like younger goalies are more inconsistent, but at this point, 
I think so. Like, uh, I I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last year. But a lot of people also have realized, like, you look at his last four years, he's been consistently this bad. 2.84, 3.0, 2.98, 3.19. Like, this has been coming. It's not just like it happened out of nowhere last year. Like, he's been consistently average to below average in the NHL. Yeah, he's mm. one of those pieces, too, that looks uh, to be moving as well, even though he adamantly denies it and gets upset at reporters. But I guess we'll wait to see uh, what his issue is. Uh, all right. We can move on to the next team in the division, uh, the Calgary Flames here. Uh, Flames obviously lost in the battle of Alberta last year. It was, and sorry about that. It was what one of the most exciting playoffs of the year uh, by all means. Made some major offseason moves here. Goudreau's out. Kachuk's out. They do bring in, though, Huberdu, Kadri, and Weger. I'll start with you here, Betsky here. Did they improve or get worse? Man, I, I, think, I think they actually improved just slightly. And it's mostly because their blue line is unreal now. It looks so good. I it's know. Crazy. And, I mean, the addition of Uyghur and Huberdu are huge, obviously. Obviously, they lost two star players, too. 100 points they're, for us. Yes. The, their forward lineup doesn't look as good, but it's still going to be dangerous. I don't think Kadri's going to slow down quite yet. I've been seeing some things on Twitter that he's looked really good, too, in these past couple uh, preseason games. Um they also have some kids that were kind of breaking out at the end of last year that were just kind of pushed down the depth charts that now, when I'm looking at the daily face-off predictions, they're now hitting kind of that top nine and, and Manchampani's in the top six, but both Manchampani and Dubé are in the top six. So I, if those guys have really nice seasons, I mean, they, they may not miss a beat. I love this team. I think they got they got better this year, personally. Yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, – I'll throw it to you here, Chess. What are your thoughts on Majapani, um, Majapani with uh, Kadri on that second line? It seems like that's uh, certainly someone to target this year. I love – the first off, I love the pickup of Kadri. Um, him, Majapani, I don't know who, who's who's the winger, the last winger on that line. Coleman, they have it as Dubé. Like. Dubé. Dubé I mean, or Coleman, yeah. I love that, like – you're getting a scoring second line who's also all elite defensively. Like all three of those guys are so difficult to play against. Mangiapane had a breakout year last year. Um, but again, what I like about him that doesn't worry about like someone like Troy Terry is his shooting percentage actually stayed about consistent. He's usually right around a 16% shooter went up to around 18 um, last year, which isn't a crazy jump. Like Troy Terry went from five to 19 um, for example. So that's someone where, I'm pretty comfortable with him and he's just developing as a young player and getting better. At, I think they're at one or two and a half on FanDuel. I would absolutely hammer this. I think they're a better team than they were last year. They finished at what? 110, 113 points last year. 111. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great. They're not going to win the division, but they're great. And I think they're probably better built for the playoffs than they even were last year. And Mackenzie Weger is a huge pickup. I think he's the best defenseman on that Florida Panthers team. I think he's better than Aaron Eckblad, honestly. Um, I think it's a huge, huge loss and a huge pickup uh, for, for the Flames. I love Mackenzie Weaker, and they the Flames need to make sure they get him signed long-term because I know he's a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, Franco, what are your thoughts on this team? Uh, a lot of the same as what they said. Um, th- this just feels 
a lot more like a team that Sutter is building though now, doesn't it? Like they yeah, got rid yeah. of two guys in Goudreau and Kachuk that kind of have had issues in the past with their where their head's been at, I feel like, kind of. And now you bring in Huberto, you bring in Kadri, who just he, he's just been a professional everywhere he's gone. And and you get a stud young defenseman in Uyghur. This this team is going to shut out teams. They're just gonna, I feel like they're just going to dominate teams. They're going to play to unders. They're going to, and they can score at will when they need to play teams like the Oilers. But I, I mean, I, I just, this defensive, all these defensive pairings and this four group is just, it's going to be a pain in the ass to play this team every I, single time you go. I just want to say one thing. Did you just say they brought in Kadri who won't be a problem? I feel like that dude gets in more trouble than anyone in the NHL. Well, not off the ice. I'm saying like in the locker room. He's gotcha. a great locker room yeah. guy. That's like D'Angelo a leader type of word. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> definitely not saying that. But yeah, I I feel like he's a leader type guy though. He's a guy that's going to get Fair. get in the in the corners and like I said, all these guys that they've added or just make them that much more difficult to play. Even a guy like Rooney, it's just like you know, just a penalty killing, you know, rough around the edges type of guy that they add. So. I, I like it a lot. I they like, signed I like Kevin how... Rooney. Yeah. Shout out to Trash. <laughs> take the under. Yeah, Betsky, are you kind of following Chet's lead here with their point total? Yeah, it's a little juice. Um, what What's the odds on FanDuel? Because on DK, it's... I have minus 120. Oh, geez. Yeah, DK is 103.5 for minus 135. So I'll hammer 102. that. 102.5 for minus 120 here. Beautiful. Yeah, I like that. They're one of those teams too. And I think I always bring this up on the podcast or when we're chatting before it about how if they lose their best player, the deep teams won't feel it quite as much, but then Chad's always brings up that it's still like losing your top center and it's going to affect the team no matter, but regardless, they are definitely one of the deeper, deeper teams in the league. And, you know, if, if Hannafin goes out for, months on end i don't think they're going to lose a beat there really so i'm actually gonna choose this topic and segue it because you mentioned it and it's it's definitely something that's very pertinent with the seattle kraken um so i'm just gonna let you guys get your thoughts there one i just wanted to say the reason i believe like that's such a big thing is winning hockey teams usually have like a nucleus of like a number one center a top pairing defenseman um, at the very least, goaltending isn't as important as it was in the past. You can see teams get by with like okay goalies, but it's very rare that you you see a successful team without both a top pairing defenseman and a top line center. If you go through the playoff teams, basically anywhere that you know made the playoffs last year, I would say the only team that like you can say doesn't really have a true number one center, Los Angeles maybe. If you don't think Anche Kopitar's there, like. Yep. Maybe Nashville, if you don't really trust Matt Duchesne's bounce back here, but like every other team has a top line number one. Actually, in Minnesota, I actually don't like Ryan Hartman. Yeah. Everyone else, yeah. like they have a top pairing defenseman. They have that. Like I think Calgary has the top pairing defenseman. I think they have the top line center, which is why I'm not as worried about them losing two wingers. I think wingers are definitely more replaceable than centers. But we can go into the Kraken because this is my big knock on them. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll, uh, we'll jump into the Seattle Kraken right now. Uh, they finished with 60 points last year, but they did make some off-season moves. They brought in Oliver Bjorkstrand, who led Columbus in goals last year with 28. They bring in Andre Burakovsky, 
who had a career-high season with 61 points in 80 games played, 12 of the playoffs. They bring in Justin Schultz. Um, they also bring in Martin Jones, which, I mean, I don't know kind of what your thoughts are on that. He's just a kind of, can he be a sustainable backup while Dragger's out? Uh, but yeah, we'll throw it to you here, uh, Franco, because I think me and you are on the same page with this one. I know Chad's a little down on this team, but I don't hate their top nine. Yeah, I agree. I, I look at the top nine here and there's, while there's no absolute bona fide guy, yep. stud guy, like he's saying, I feel like all these guys can score. It's, it's going to be a team that's um, gritty and scrappy that you're going to be seeing goals from all these different guys, as opposed to multiple goals from a single guy. So I, I, I like that aspect of it that they can kind of hit you from anywhere as opposed to, you know, your, your typical stud teams where it's the McDavid line coming out at the end of the game, trying to tie up a game. This team can score from at least their top nine. I feel like all these guys can, can net one. So I like it. The, the defense is scary and the goaltending is scary, of course, and that's, what's going to hold them back. But I think they have a pretty nice looking future as well. So. Yeah, and by no means am I saying they're a playoff team or going to kind of even be in contention. Uh, but I do think they did improve. Um, and I guess it kind of their future does depend on veneers and right here. I'll throw it to you here, Betsky, before we return to Cheds. Um, are you high or low on this team this year? I mean, it depends on your definition of high, but uh, I I'm, don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. They're, they're over or under on – uh, DK is 82.5 and I would probably take that under there. Yep. But they could still have a 15 point increase from last year. And that says something. So I, I the blue line's too bad. There isn't a true like top line talent quite yet. Um, and I don't think there, anybody's going to kind of have that kind of, parade this year where they all of a sudden become the talk of the town kind of like Zegers was um i think you're going to have a lot of players that are able to put up that 50 to maybe low 60 points i think they're still going to lose the majority of their games and instead of last year where they were practically unbettable on the prop side of things i think that they're actually going to have some players that will be trustworthy uh, i think the offense is going to look a lot better um I mean, as strictly as far as teams that have improved this season, I would say they're probably in kind of the top quarter. Again, I don't think it's enough to really move the needle on much, but I think they're going to be a hell of a lot more fun to watch. (laughs) Because last year they they were pretty much a snooze fest. Yeah, and Chad's, I know you're uh, extremely down on this team. Current point total is 83, 82 and a half, 83, which would be a 23 point increase from last year's season. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not extremely down on them. It's okay. just they're You're not going to the, they're not gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, by no means. And I just feel like teams like this that like are a sum of their parts. You just say like, oh, they have a ton of good top six, top nine forwards. Like how many of those teams are actually successful in the NHL? They would need one of Shane Wright or Maddie Beniers to become a top line player, which I think both of them will eventually do. But at age 18 and 19, how many players are doing that in the NHL, especially on bad teams overall? 
they've gotten good players. Like, thank God Oliver Brookshen's not playing the Devils four times a year. Because I swear to God, he's the best player in the NHL against the Devils. I think I saw he has like 24 points in 17 games against the Devils. And he's like a career half a point per game player with like a goal a game against us. Like, thank God he's out of the division. Um, It's not that I'm down on them. I think they have a really good future. My big thing is like their defense is awful. I think their best defense of Adam Larson. And I know enough about that to know that that's bad. On defense, you're looking at, uh, or no, sorry, in goal, you're looking at Philip Grubauer and Martin Jones. Martin Jones is awful. Philip yes. Grubauer was like the worst goal in the NHL last year. So you're hoping for a return to the norm for Philip Grubauer, but the return to the norm was with him on the best team in the NHL, in my opinion, two years ago, even though they didn't win the Stanley Cup. Like that was the best team on paper. He's not going to have that type of year. Even if he gets slightly better, what, he'll be negative 15 goals saved above expected? Like, I don't think he's that good of a goal, and I think we've seen that in front of that team. Yeah, I mean... They're just missing a lot of pieces for me, personally. Yeah, you look at their shots against last year. They were fourth in the league, um, which is impressive, given their decor, but they were 24th in goals allowed, so that says something for sure. Uh, Any closing thoughts on this team before we move on to the next one? I'm hoping to actually go to a game up there because I was supposed to see Rage Against the Machine, but they've canceled their whole tour that I've had tickets for for three years. So I think we're going to replace it with a cracking game. I think um, I like their under 83 and a half is a lot for that team. Yes. They have 60 points. Yes. Uh, I don't think they got 23 points better. No. And if they get, if they improve by 15, 17, you know, even 18 points that everybody should be happy about it. The That's one thing a I don't like about this team over is a second hand- year team. This team's handing out some long-term contracts to players that I don't think deserve them, in my opinion. Jared McCann, Yanni Gord, Bjorkstrand, Burakovsky, Schwartz, Alexiak. They have a ton of players signed for four plus years. And none of those players, in my opinion, should be like core pieces to a team. I don't think four plus years is a core piece yet or a term yet, though. I mean, uh, yeah, by the time this team's really good, those guys will be. On yeah, exactly. And, you know, some of these I don't guys think it'll take them moved. five years to be good. Well, three I, years and you trade them on the fourth on their four year. They, then, they did last year nothing. The they did nothing to gain a mass amount of picks uh, during the expansion draft. I mean, I think I, they, they they had a first and a second and a third, I think, or maybe they had two thirds or something. Um, last year they were able to acquire lots of seconds and I, I really like what they did with it, but almost every single player they drafted in the second is kind of a project pick. They got tons of little wingers who look real zippy and should be really fun, but they're going to take a while. Um, But look at this. I'm just, this is a big fucking problem on this team. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 14 of their top 26 is a no trade clause. Eberly, Schwartz, Burakovsky, Bjorkstrand, Yanni Gord, Wenberg, Tanev, Oleksiak, Larson, Justin Schultz, Grubauer, Drieger, and Martin Jones all have no trade or modified no trade clauses. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Yeah, that's, pr- that's pretty bad <laughs> to just hand those out like candy. They literally are giving them to anyone with a pulse. <laughs> I guess that's what it takes to uh, draw people to the team when, when you're like this, but got to do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah. And then again, I, I, I mean, no trades aren't the worst thing in the world because it's not like you're going to be sending to Everlay to Winnipeg. I you mean, look, look at Anaheim. They thought they were getting Evgeny Dadunov last year for like, what is the second round pick? True, true. But I think that was just a loss in translation. 
<laughs> but no, I mean, that's a good point, but I, I want to, I don't know. I don't, I don't think a lot of these players and the teams who would like these players, I, I don't think they would say no to a lot of them. I, like, I, th- I, I think like, they'll be stuck with some of them, but I like their long-term outlook because of the young players on the team, but I don't like the contracts and some of the cap management they're going through. That's fair. Yeah. I, right, do, Toronto, I do. Toronto I do. I do agree. This, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah gosh. I do agree that the under is the play here though. That, yeah. That's way too high. Yeah. Agreed. Can we All finish right. up the last bad team first before we go into the good teams again? Yeah. We'll move to San Jose. All right. Can I start? Yeah. If you what want the to fuck? take this one, I'll, let, I'll let you go to town. <laughs> what are they doing? What the f- are uh, they doing? This San Jose is, fans. I, I feel bad. I don't, want, I don't want to rip into them too bad. But, like, this team is so bad with so many bad contracts. And they just constantly keep thinking, you know what? Let's pick up more like veteran level players. <laughs> I, there, there really is no direction. I don't know if Mike Greer coming in and trading Brett Burns is kind of like the signal to that changing. But like, I can't. Hold on, I have to real quick. You guys can go in. Yeah. Well, what what was the Brett Burns trade? Does anybody have a pull up real quick? Because I was. I was a little stunned by it. Then, yeah. then what they did in the draft last year, where they moved up or they moved back, rather, they were the eleventh. They had the eleventh overall pick, and they traded with Arizona to Sorry about that twenty seventh pick, and got a couple extra seconds. And they, they, I just feel like they kind of dropped the ball on all those extra picks they picked up. Sorry about that. I some yeah. my fiance is yeah, no, so I wasn't sure if I was picking up, but um. um yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start here. I'll, I'll throw it to Chad's uh, here. I mean, you're right. They, they bring in some forwards. Uh, Lindblom, Sturm, uh, Lorenz. They had a few defensemen. But I, I guess I'll just kind of give, give you the floor here. But, like, wh- what is their hope for this season here? Because it seems like no one really knows. Uh, this, this team can't be good this year. No. I really like Thomas Hurdle. I yep. really like Timo Meyer's players, but like a lot of their core in terms of salary is under Logan Couture, Mark Edward Vlasic, Eric Carlson, who are all on the wrong side of 30, getting probably going to regress most seasons, even though Couture had a pretty good year last year. Carlson's been awful. He might have the worst contract in the NHL for six more years at 12 million or whatever it is. Vlasic had a big down year compared to what he was, but he's also 36 and still has yep. five more years on his contract. Yeah. I the long-term outlook on this team looks bad. The short-term outlook on the team looks bad. They still have to pay Brett Burns $3 million for the next three years because they have to retain salary because that contract is bad. They're paying Martin Jones for the next five years for like two and a half million or something like that to buy him out because that was an awful contract to hand it out. They have like the bottom five prospect pool in the NHL. So they don't really have young players coming up like that. And if you want to trade someone like Logan Couture, Eric Carlson, they're going to have to give up picks because no team's taking them. No team wants these guys. The only tradable piece on that team was Thomas Hurdle last year because he's become a free agent, and they decided to re-sign him for like eight years. Yep. yep. But he's and 28 Timo. years old. He's yeah. 28 years old. Yeah, he's not going to be that, good by the time this team's going to be good. They should have t- traded him. They had. And, I know. I could not believe they 
they gave him a long time. Well, and then, of course, they switched GMs right after they handed out that contract. So, it's- And then Timo Meyer, who's very good player, 25 years old, good player, nothing against him. He needs to be traded this year. Yes. This team is not going to be good by the time he turns, let's say, 30 years old if they give him a long-term deal. Well, they, they wouldn't need- be able to afford him. Like, Could they actually even extend him? Good I don't think they have the yeah. space to do it. Yeah, yeah he's an wow. RFA after the season, and they're going to have sixteen million dollars in space. So, I yeah, mean, but they're they going could. to. If if they did, then they literally would not be able to f- field a team. Well, they're <laughs> the rest of that money. <laughs> yeah. Well, their bigger problem is Timo Meyer has a really bad qualifying offer. So essentially, yeah. So. Uh, and I'm reading this straight from Cap Friendly. When he signed his four-year deal four years ago, his qualifying offer for this year would be 11 million. So essentially, like, if he doesn't want to as an RFA, he can just accept his qualifying offer, and his cap hit will be 11 million next year. Wow, Jesus. Yeah, I'll, th- I'll kind of relay off this and throw it to you here, Franco. But. I mean, the issues only seem to kind of run through this entire team, the forwards, D, and then you look at their goalies, the combination of Reimer, Aiden Hill, and uh, Capo. I mean, none of those are really true number one goalies either. And yeah. Hill's, Hill's in Vegas now. Yeah, so Hill's gone. Yeah, no, nothing expi- inspires confidence in that, that's for sure. They they traded for Kakinen last year. Yeah. And – I mean, I don't know. He he showed some flashes a couple of years ago in Minnesota, but obviously they didn't feel good enough about him. So that says a little bit too. I just, I don't get the point of signing all these forwards that they did, Conan and Lindblom and Lorenz and Svechnikov and Sturm. It's just like, you just blocked any of these young guys. I know, I know Chad said that, you know, they're, they're not the best prospects pool, but like at least see what you got. You know, maybe you do have something in one of these guys like Eklund or Bordalo. And now it's just these guys aren't going to be able to play because they have so many guys. And it's just I don't really understand what their plan is here. It doesn't seem like they have a direction for what, where they want to go. And they're paying. And like we said, they're paying all this money. These two defensemen, 18 million between Vlasic and Carlson is just absolutely brutal. Yeah, their current point total right now is 75 and a half. They had 77 last year. I guess we'll just run through everyone. What are your thoughts on that? Under. Yep. Yeah, under. The the only the only thing is this team always the past three seasons, I've thought they were going to be just dog shit. And they always seem to exceed my horrible expectations. Points, yeah. yeah. But I, I do think losing Burns is gonna hurt. Put it this way, they, last year, they somehow managed to put 77 points on a negative 50 goal differential, which is by far <laughs> the worst by, like, teams around them. Like, for example, that's closer to the Seattle Kraken than the Anaheim Ducks were in terms of goal differential. Yeah, wow. Uh, the uh, the other thing is, like we mentioned before, I, I do think Seattle's improved quite a bit. I think Anaheim didn't get worse even though they sold pieces last year they were able to get some players that just kind of slot back into those pieces they already sold um san jose got worse got older 
and and I do think Mike Greer's in the mindset that he needs to sell. So I I hope for their sake that the Brent Burns move is them saying that. Yeah, I, I mean, in general, has. you hope so. I mean that that's the only thing this team can do right now. They have they have to move on. So hopefully yep. for their long term prospects, that is the case. All right. So yeah, I think under yeah. under what was it, eighty point five. 75 and, 75, 75 and a half. Oh, 75 and a half. Whew. That is it's, t- it's tight. I, I could see them staying yeah, under, though. It's one of those I, you just yeah. don't touch. Yeah. It's one yeah. of those that I have no idea why anyone would take that number. The only yeah. worry is, again, I'm trying to think like how to word it. It's like they're so far in deep with these long-term contracts that they might just have to be like, F it. Like, we need to just compete. Cause we can't really get bad because we have these players that are just locked up long-term. So maybe that's their thinking of like, if we can get some other players here, but like, man, this they can bad. still, they can still score. I will say that for, for as much as we're bashing them, I feel like this team can score. I just don't know how good they're going to be defensively during that. Yeah. I, I think, I, th- I, I think so. They were 28th or no, were they last year? They can shoot. You're mixing goals with fair, fair. Yeah, they were third. They were thirtieth in goals for per game last Ooh. year, and 29th in shots for, or twenty sixth in shots for Franco, last year. I think. Wow. I think it was good. I think you're forgetting the fact that like Timo Meyer had a really good scoring year. Yeah, that, like they that's can maybe score. maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Just yeah. Timo he Meyer and Logan Couture just shooting so and hurdle. Yeah, yeah, the three and of them. Yeah. <laughs> and even, even Burns and Carlson were great shots on goal targets. And now I don't know if Carlson will be now that Burns is gone because they were just kind of great on the PP together. I also I, I'm only remembering this because I have actually I haven't done the full research for tomorrow. I'm pretty sure they were top or bottom five in the NHL. I started shots on goal allowed against defensemen because I know that's a big part of like why we went into Roman Yossi. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they're very bad at shots on goal allowed against defensemen. So target defensemen against them. I just want to pull this up, and which, make which sure. makes a lot of sense because that forward group is just so that winger group, especially, is just so bad. They're they're all shooters, all those guys. Yeah, I was gonna have yeah, you play and a then they name a player on the fourth line, and then no, no, yeah, nobody. I, I mean, nobody in the bottom six really screams out, you know, valuable PK or no. So I stand corrected. They're like bottom 10, but they're like ninth. So they're not that bad, but still bad. At shots on goal by defenseman. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on to Vancouver here. We'll stay kind of Edmonton for last, uh, Edmonton and Vegas for last, because I'm sure we're going to have longer discussions on those two. Uh, Vancouver. Uh, last year, finished with 92 points, missed the playoffs. Obviously, they brought in Boudreau midseason. Uh, they started off really bad, going 8-15-2. With Boudreau, they went 32-15-10. They had a little winning streak to begin to see, uh, once he took over. I, this is an interesting team for me, too, because obviously last year in the 18th, goals four, uh, 13th, shots four. But it seems like they... Um, their defense kind of heavily relied on Thatcher Demko last year, and they really didn't make any moves in the offseason to address it. Uh, I'll start with you here, Chets. This seems weird. They yeah. finished on 92 points last year. 
on Fandle, they're exactly at 92 and a half. I feel like taking over on that makes sense because they have a full season now with Boudreaux. So I, I think I like the over if I had to lean one way, but probably not confident enough to take it. Yeah. In terms of the outlook as a team, I really like I like their team. Like they have yeah. everything that I need to be a like a contender, top line defenseman, top line centers, really good goaltender as well, which like I said, I don't think that's important, but I think that or as important, but I think that brings or gives a lot of value to have someone like Thatcher Demko, who I think could be a sneaky pick for Vezina this year. I really like their team. Like they could score goals, JT Miller, Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson, like the good forward depth, good top six, even filling in with like pretty good depth pieces like Ilya Mikheyev, who was, you know, pretty good for that Toronto team, both on the penalty kill and putting up, I think, 20, 25 goals. I like their team outlook. I think they're good. I think they could probably sneak in as like the fifth team in the in the Pacific, mate, like if there's three spots there. Um, or potentially just finish fourth above Vegas. I'm not that high on Vegas myself. So, yeah, I, I think they're a good team. I think they'll be right around that 90-point mark, and they should be on the bubble of making the playoffs. Uh, but I just won't guarantee that they definitely will make the playoffs. Yeah. No, I mean, they're a fun team for sure, and they're one. Obviously, if you can watch them, uh, I'd highly recommend it. But I'll throw it to you, Franco. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think they kind of sneak in this year, or they may be just outside, kind of like they were last year? I actually have them. I'm gonna have them fourth in this uh, division, so I'm I'm pretty high on them. I I don't think it's like I I feel like having those three guys down the center is just huge. They're very very good uh, down the center center line, and their defense is suspect. I know, but Quinn Hughes is great, and I really like Demko a lot. So. I feel like Boudreaux is a good coach. He's going to get the most out of them like he did last year. Now he has a full season to like implement what he wants and how he wants his team to be. And I think uh, Elias Pedersen is going to have a big bounce back this year. I, I know he was hyped up a couple of years back and kind of had a down year last year. It was really inconsistent, but I think that this is the year he's, he's been looking a little bit better in the preseason as well. So I, I like this team. I like what they've done, the pieces they've added to help defensively in their forward group. And I, I, I just think they're going to be, be better. And I agree with, with Cheds on Demko being a potential Vezina candidate. Yeah. Pedersen definitely had a slow start last year, but I think what he finished with uh, 51 points in the final 43 games, um, which is pretty impressive. Demko played the third most games last year for a goalie. Uh, Besky, you think kind of he can maintain that pace and kind of the, uh, I guess the, play or the standard that he was last year or do you think he has a little regression or improves i think he's going to stay about the same i just don't like their blue line enough um i thought there were times he was already standing on his head last year and i thought that was really impressive i think he's going to do it again i think he's going to be considered one of the top goalies in the league i don't know how many wins he'll be able to steal though I just think there's some inconsistencies in the roster and they haven't really addressed them. I also get nervous with the idea of how good this draft is. And if things start off slow, there was already bosser rumors. Um, I know they were, there are rumors that they're trying to get rid of OEL. I don't know who would take that contract and I could actually see him maybe bouncing up back again or 
moving Tyler Myers again, a situation where I don't know who would take that, but those components worry me about Demko's upside as far as just a pure win loss standpoint. Yeah. So are you, you taking the over or under here at 92 and a half? They had 92 last year. That's really tough. I, I may be the most down on them, so I may actually take the under. Yeah, Frank, are you following Judd Zerbeski's footstep here with this uh, point total? I, I would go over. I, I think one thing to point out is last year they had Halak as the backup, and there was a lot of issues with him in the locker room and stuff like that. Um, Spencer Martin's going to get a chance now, and he kind of showed some flashes last year. I think yeah, he could great. be pretty good as a backup, and maybe Demko isn't running to the ground this year. That yeah. could help him. Yeah, Spencer, yeah, what he went 3-0-3 last year with a 1.74 goals against average and a 9.50 save percentage in his nine career NHL games. So he's definitely something to look out for there. Uh, all right, let's move on to – where do you want to go, Las Vegas uh, or L.A.? I'd go Vegas next. All right, let's go Vegas. Notes. All right, let's head to Las Vegas right now. Obviously, Robin Leonard – Double hip surgery out for the year. Uh, I'll start with you here, uh, Franco. Do you think uh, Logan Thompson can step up and be a bona fide starter? I do. Yeah, I I think he showed some flashes last year. He looks he looks the part, and the defense in front of him is just rock solid now. They they're finally healthy. Yeah, their top they were, four is good. I mean, they were missing Martinez and McNabb for it felt like the whole year last year. Now they're getting them back and just looking at them on paper. It looks all, all, all three pairs look great as far as just shutting mm-hmm. teams down. So it's going to help build his confidence. Um, yeah. In general, I think this team looks pretty, pretty good. I mean, they, they didn't make a lot of changes. Obviously patcheretti has gone, but I think this team might be better than we're thinking they are just because of the change not being so big and, I don't think it could be understated about the changing in the head coaching. So Wait, I what think do you that's going to be a big, they big uh, Phil change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Phil Kessel to replace Pacioretty is kind of ridiculous, but whatever. I'll let you guys talk about that one. Yeah, I want, I want to give this comparison for Chess and Franco. I know you guys are soccer guys, but um, with the way they replace head coaches, it kind of feels like Chelsea. I mean, you still have coaches who've had tremendous success, and then no matter what, as long as they have a slight downturn, they're gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that was kind of my. I mean, opinion. I mean, DeBoer's had his issues though. Like, yeah, historically, had a I feel like. 650 win percentage through two seasons, and then even Colant had a above 600 win percentage um, for the first few years too. So I mean, it's I, not like they were struggling. But they I just love the did. comparison. Yeah, them pulling the trigger like yeah, they literally pull the trigger on stuff like this so easily, and it's just like, I don't think this team's a playoff team this year. I'll go against everything else like what why exactly would people think that this team's going to be better than they were last year like, i what? think like oh man <laughs> yeah how, how much faith are you putting in jack Eichel here but he's great for shots on goal given that like, yeah i mean but, you look at this top line right now and i saw one that was riley smith jack eichel and phil kessel is that the one you guys are seeing yeah 
that inspires zero confidence in me. Yeah. What's your outlook on Phil Kessel here, Kutsky? How many hot dogs? <laughs> I think he's cut out the hot dogs, man. He, yeah, he I looks saw good. Some pictures. He looks good. <laughs> looks better than me. Uh, no, but I actually think he could have kind of a bounce back. I think he's yeah. probably not going to stick on the first line. I, I really do think I could see Mark Stone going back up there. I mean, if Phil Kessel starts on the first line of this team, they're not making it. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my thoughts too but um oh, so how does he have a no trade clause he signed a one-year deal how is everyone getting a no trade clause phil's not leaving vegas Phil's like <laughs> i'm not i'm not leaving vegas yeah. right now dude i'm yeah. looking at cap friendly and all these average ass players have some variation of a no move no trade clause just hand them out baby uh, I, I don't think this seems going to be good at all. Like, I'll just stop yeah, it right there. I think that's crazy. I think I think they're going to be I, – I do think they're going to make the playoffs. I can see them selling more – or, I'm sorry, buying more if needed, uh, if they can make it work. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I sure they're, they're going to try to buy more. I think they're all in on this window. So I, I agree with you that they're all in, but, like, I don't think their team is just, like – I mean, how many games did Mark Stone play last year? Yeah, I mean, Mark Stone missed a ton. Patrick missed a ton last year. Yeah, Eichel didn't. Michael missed it. I mean, obviously missed a ton. If, too. if this and, team and, stays healthy, they have to be better than they were last year, just yeah. by numbers alone. And and Eichel had what twenty five points last year in thirty four games, which I guess isn't awful, but it's not the expectation. I, I think this supposed to be a point per game player. I yeah, think but, this team went down a cl- like down a hill, a cliff. The second Robin Leonard got hurt, I don't have any trust in their goalies. Like Logan Thompson's okay. Like he was actually pretty good last year. I don't really have much faith in their goaltending situation. Yep. I don't have much faith in like their depth scoring in this team. Their defense is good, but getting a little bit old there. Uh, I like Shea Theodore. I like the shots on goal potential, but like. Mm-hmm. I don't know i just i really for some reason there's nothing about this team that's like underperformed last year didn't do much to improve this year outside of hoping that people that and, and i think a big word is like your whole argument is like okay jack eichel and marks don't stay healthy do they really ever like stay healthy like i'm just looking at Mark Stone, just to double check, but I'm pretty sure he's gotten hurt quite a bit. Yeah, yeah that's probably that's probably fair to argue. I mean, Mark Stone uh, in the last sure. six years, 58, 59, 18. 60 55 well wait how many of those were shortened seasons though good call i i didn't think about that which year were shortened seasons i genuinely don't know which one's <laughs> well, that's, that's difficult to get yeah. 2020 yeah. 2020, 2020 yeah so 2020 he probably played close to every single game 2019 we played 65 so i'm assuming that was an 82 game yeah. season then he had so i i don't i just don't know like are they it doesn't seem like he ever plays like a full season anyway. I I don't know. I I think this team is like just gonna be good. Down like the road. I don't think they're gonna be bad. I, I think bad's not the right word. Like I just don't think that they've improved enough to be like, oh, this team's definitely making the playoffs for me. Yeah, you look at the teams in division two and they're like, what's their ceiling? Third place, maybe third, fourth place, anywhere. I mean, I like there. Bruce Cassidy. I will say yeah. I like him as a coach. Like, yeah. But I also agree with Gator. Like, Pete DeBoer is not a bad coach. I, I think there's a lot of recency bias, though. 
With who, Bruce Cassidy? With Vegas, just like the perception of what they were last year oh, compared to... Well, you're saying recency bias is if they've been in the NHL for like 15 years. Well, they really only true. got like three years under their belt or four and, years. And the, yeah. they made it to the finals year one. Oh, they make I, it I conference finals stop. year two. I can't stand them. I, I really hope they're bad for that. That was reason. my other comment too, was it seems like, I mean, when they came in the league, everyone's like, oh, great, this would be a fun team to watch. And it seems like their public image has just changed completely. And people just hate this team now. Because their fans, exactly. Uh, th- this is my thing. Their fans on social media cry "woe is me" every time like something happens bad to their team. I'm just like, you have never seen your team actually be dog shit before. <laughs> yeah. Like you've come into the NHL and been consistently good, and it's annoying as a fan that had to watch like ten years without the playoffs to have their fans be like, <laughs> they oh haven't had God. to wait, suffer yet. Wait, yeah, you guys yeah. need to suffer. To <laughs> come, to bu- come to Buffalo. This, I'll teach. This yeah. may not be the. This may not be the best group to be talking about that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I I will say though that can you say that any other team besides the Flames has a better defensive core than this team in this, in this division? division? No. Yeah, in this division, absolutely Agreed. not in this division. No. Yeah, that, I mean that's the big thing for me. I just feel like that that's going to help them win games that maybe they shouldn't. I think overall defensive teams are even like Mark Stone's like a good defensive center. But yeah. I also think a lot of people, a lot of people think of Jonathan Marsha show and Riley Smith and William Carlson as these like top line forwards where they really just had a breakout year the year of the expansion draft and have never had a year to those heights again. That's fair. I agree with yeah. Smith. Marsha Schultz has been pretty decent though. I, I would look him up if I knew what to spell his fucking name. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so we'll run down the line here quick. Last year, they had 94 points. The over under this year on their points is set at. 96 and a half. Oh, Chad, you going over under here? 96 and a half. 96 and a half. They had 94 last year. That's right around where I think they're going to be. Like, I think they're going to be fighting for that last playoff spot. They're probably lean under, but like, I more likely just stay away. Yep. Frank or Besky, any thoughts on this line? I like this over more than I like the Vancouver over. I still don't love it. I'm not going to slam it. Yeah, there's yeah, also, yeah I yeah. agree. I, I like yeah. the over, but I, I'm not going to hammer exactly. it either. Yeah, the over is at plus money, uh, which may be worth the play, but given the odds. Uh, all right, let's move on to where's LA. One second here. Uh, all right, LA right now. Um, Interesting team that finished third last year, uh, eliminated the playoffs. They lose Dustin Brown, uh, Mata, but they do gain Kevin Fiala here. This is one of those weird teams that just um, seems to be an under machine. Um, I guess we'll start with you here, Franco. How, how do you really approach this team's outlook and then betting wise as well? Do you think they stay an under machine? So, I mean, as far as betting wise, I'm definitely going to be hitting their shot on goals, but at the same time, I'm kind of worried now because they've added Fiala to this group of guys that love to shoot. So there's going to be these games where it's going to be one guy and not the guy you bet. So obviously we'll have to be careful there, but I, I like what I saw from them last year. They were a team that was very aggressive offensively and pretty very sound defensively with Dano, the, the addition of Dano last year. I would say, though, this year I'm a little more down on them just because I worry about their older guys like Dowdy and Quick, whether they're going to be able to sustain what they've done over the last few years. And 
I, I don't know. I just, I'm not really that high on this team this year, to be honest with you, as, at least not as high as I was last year. I, I'm the opposite. I swear me and Frank would just disagree about every single team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling that was going to be the yeah. case. So. I think this team won last year. They took the Edmonton Oilers, who I think were a very, very good team last year, to like the brink of elimination. Yes, they have some piece like Kopitar and Drew Daddy get older. You got to remember, Drew Daddy wasn't playing for half the season last year. Anyway, he was out. He got hurt like around the deadline, I'm pretty sure. And he just didn't play. So getting him back, he's their true number one defenseman. On top of that, they have one of the best prospect pools in the NHL. Added in Kevin Fiala, who last season was a point-per-game player and just overall like a top-line forward level output. And they have youngsters, Quentin Byfield, uh, Arthur Kaliev, who are under 20 and going to get better this year. Uh, If Quentin Byfield turns into like that big power forward type center, watch out. Like, I think this team has like a lot of boom potential here. How many points do you think Byfield had last year without looking it up? Without looking at it, I know he had a bad year. Like how bad? Uh, 10. Spot on. I, I, I was know it was I know he was bad. I was going to say he was, he was in bad the 20s last year. Or so. Yeah. But I still think he's got a lot of potential. I think power forwards typically in the NHL take a little bit longer to develop than any other type of player, than like skill players. Um, and I still think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, yeah. I, I just, he's got a, all the tools to be a really, really good player. Let's put it this way they don't need him to blow up to be successful. There's, they'll be successful without him. Like they have good centers. If they he does, they or will need him to blow up to be successful for years to come, though, because Kopitar's thirty-five. But I mean, for this, year, if we're we're just talking about their overall, yeah. like, I, yeah. I like. Oh, him. I agree. For, with that, for their but... for his for their future, they, it looks great. I mean, he's gonna slide right in for to replace Dustin Brown and Kopitar as those, you know, as that that's tough guy up front. So. Help. Know, if he doesn't, yeah. they got Jack Hughes' buddy Alex Turcotte just waiting in the wings. Like he hasn't, okay, uh, he hasn't done anything either, though. Uh, what he's nineteen? Like how many players do? No, he's older than Byfield. Yeah, actually, I just he's looked up uh, a quote by Quentin Byfield when they asked about kind of his off season last year, and his quote was, "I know I'm a good player." So I mean, Turcotte played eight games in the NHL, so I'm not gonna hate on him too much like come on but he hasn't eight been doing much in the in ahl either almost a point per game 19 points in 27 games the other thing too with this team is their goalie situation is interesting quicks getting up there about 36 years old age who was absolutely outstanding last year uh plus 17.8 goals saved above expected ranking hmm. seventh uh kel Pedersen, who they signed to a three-year contract the year before was not great um what are your thoughts on that? If Quick go, if, do you think how long is Quick going to be around for this team? Goalies are voodoo, man. Mike Smith was playing till he was fifty-five or whatever he was last year, but yeah, it's uh, like he was any good. <laughs> he had what three shutouts in a row? Congrats! Like... Well, sure. No, I, I, hear you. <laughs> I, I don't. I think Quick's going to start. I think that's going to be a major issue for them this year. My worry, and I talked about this and I'm looking at his stats. I know we talked about how John Gibson went bad and somehow like goalies, older goalies don't turn it around. Jonathan actually has, he had three back to back bad years and really picked it up last year. Um, I don't know why, maybe is it because the team was more successful and he was just a 
a byproduct of that. I'm not sure. But I also think Cal Pedersen, like, I think he looked pretty good in his games last year. Like, I don't think they're in bad hands if he's the overall guy that goes back in. Yeah, he was 20, 14 and 2, 2.9 GAA point. No, he's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. I'm yeah, same percentage. Just, just say I'm wrong. I looked at his yeah, stats. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Uh, all right. So if you look at this team's point total here, it's at 95 and a half. Last year, they had 99. Uh, one of the few teams um, that has kind of gone down in their point total. Cheds, I know you're kind of high up them. Do you like this? I mean, 95 and a half plus money on DraftKings right now. I like it, and I'm, I'm looking at this. What place in the NHL do you think Jonathan Quick finished in goal saved above expected? I know, but I, I, so I want to answer oh, that. Okay. We'll open it to everyone else. Yeah, I'll, I'll do 10th. Frank, yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, 12th. He's 8th. Huh. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm looking at that was playoffs. Sorry, sorry. Wrong. 7th. Yep. Wow. Yeah, he had a great year last year, and Cal Pedersen was 100. So can he repeat after he had three bad years in a row yeah. prior? Yeah, at 36. Yeah. yeah, but even more impressive, he was seven playing fewer games than everyone around him. He only played 46 games. The guys above him, 67, 57, 54, 63. Like, the players around him played 10 to 15 more games a season than him. Is that good or bad, though? <laughs> I, I actually think this team really reminds me of Jersey from a couple of years ago or Colorado a couple of years ago when you started the rebuild and you made playoffs one year and then the following season they missed playoffs and just kind of stink again for a year or two. I think there's got to be some more room for some of these prospects to come in. I think some of the aging guys are going to really start to fall off the map a little bit. The Fiala pickup is obviously kind of the X factor for me and that blue line is going to get even better. And I think a lot of those names are going to be more household names by the end of the year. Um, I just, I really think they're going to take a big step back though. That's just my gut. So you're on the under at 95 and a half. Yeah. I'd be on the under on that because Vegas only... had 94 last year. I, I would say the only thing like you're comparing to the doubles a couple of years at the end of the rebuild, the doubles only made the playoffs because Taylor Hall had 47 more points than the next player on that team. Yeah. No, like I think there's a much better built team. That's more strive for success. And they've improved more than the doubles did, you know, after that year. I um, think Kevin, the, the Colorado example is probably a little bit more accurate or, or even like Columbus that, that year when they had Panarin and were kind of pulling out for a year or two. All right. Um, any other closing thoughts to this team, or are you ready to move on to Edmonton? I hate the Kings. <laughs> yeah, because you're Coyotes. That's a great. That's yeah. a great closing yeah, thought there. Yeah. The Coyotes. So, yeah. So like, yeah, just just know that. Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's some bias then. There yeah, but I'm gonna clip that, and that's gonna be the preview of the show. Is just <laughs> I hate the Kings. Best uh, keys thoughts. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the Oilers here. Uh, lost Colorado last year. Um, exci- I mean, McDavid is what at 100 points in five of his last six seasons. It, it, Jesus Christ. Um, they bring in Jack Campbell, which I guess is an improvement last year for Mike Smith, uh, mm-hmm. their goaltending. But I guess I know, I know Chad's here high on this team. So I'll, I'll start with you here. Let's, let's hear your thoughts on this squad. 
we're talking about the Oilers, right? That is correct. Yeah, sorry, I was typing something and I, I completely zoned out for a little bit. Absolutely love this team. I look at the like the Edmonton Oilers are a team that most people considered in free fall, fired their coach, picked up Jake Woodcroft. And ever since then, like they were playing at like 120 point pace in the playoffs. They looked very good in the first round speed, a very good Calgary flames team. Don't get me wrong. They got swept by the avalanche, but I think most teams would have gotten swept by the avalanche last year. Like they were just next level deep and crazy good. I, I, everything about this team, in my opinion, is like Evander Kane looks fantastic. They were able to retain him. Most people didn't think they were going to. You have younger players like Kyler Yamamoto, who looked pretty good. Zach Hyman fit like a glove on that team. And now the biggest issue is Mike Smith is not going to be the guy they need to rely upon there anymore. I think Jack Campbell's a pretty good goalie. Like, yeah. I don't know the overall stats behind it. Um, I, I don't, I'm trying to actually look up his goal saved above expected. He's actually not that high, but for the eye test, like, but he's a pretty damn good goalie from what I've seen. And I think he's better than what they've had. So I think they've definitely improved in that position. And I like him a lot, personally. Yeah. Franco, Betsy, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, can they kind of break through, I guess, to your thoughts and compete with Colorado for that top squad, top spot in the West? I think my biggest issue with this team is their depth scoring. I do agree that they – the addition by subtraction of Mike Smith being gone is just massive. And then to add Campbell on top of that is just massive for this team. It's going to give them a lot more confidence that they actually have a goal that can make a stop, a basic stop on the back end. But um, I don't know. I feel like one of their major problems besides the goaltending, obviously that was a major problem, but was their, their depth scoring. We all know McDavid and Dryso can score. And Hyman is and Kane have been were fantastic last year, but it's the rest of the pieces, the Yamamoto, the Pulleyarvis, McLeod, like the, these guys just never seem to be able to take that step and and even produce while playing on lines with these guys. So can they do that? I don't know. If they can, then yeah, I think this team is going to be damn good. I, I still have them second in the division. It's not like I'm saying they're a bad team by any stretch, but um, I feel I feel like that's the big problem for me and as far as them being a Stanley Cup hopeful is can these other guys step up when McDavid and Drysdale are being shut down? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if you look at the point drop-off, uh, McDavid at 123, Drysdale 110, and then Hyman's at 54. So a significant drop-off there. But I'll throw it to you, Pesky. Do you hate the Oilers or just the Kings? <laughs> just the Kings of Vegas. Okay. Um, um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this team? I, I really like them too. I, I think they would be kind of a sneaky pick for, uh, the president's trophy. Um, I think Evan Bouchard is going to have a really big season. I think he's going to really come out as one of the top defenders of the league. I, th- I'm interested to see if Holloway makes the team. And if he does, what what that does for that depth scoring that we're all saying is kind of non-existent. And it's easy to kind of rag on Yamamoto and even Pool Party to an extent. Because, but Yamamoto's only been in the league for two years, really. So there's this chance that he could kind of have that coming out party. Pool Jajarvi could 
still really young and what he was a third overall pick and had yeah. quite a bit of pedigree going into that year. And I mean, I think he was Blaine ended up taking overtaking him as going for second overall, but I, I'm not ready to give up on him. And he's really improved defensively too. The other thing is I could see a mid season trade where they move him since he's upcoming RFA and get a vet who can, who can score. Yeah, the so only I problem think, with that I, I is they, make, they don't have much space, though. Like I know, I know. So they would have to somebody like, add something. Well, uh, take th- the three million off of Paul Jarvi and move it to a retained player, and you know, send your first out, and and they, I mean, they could still move Tyson Berry to clear what he's four point five. I mean, you got some space or you got some pieces you can move to try to make room for an, another addition on, on the four group. I don't know. I think you, I feel like you would need to add somebody on the defense, though, if you're going to move Barry. Do you, do you guys want a crazy stat against why I love this team? Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Jay Woodcroft last year, from the time he picked the team up um, as the new head coach, the team went 29 and or no, 26 and nine from the wow. time he picked the team up a 730 win percentage, which over the course of the season would make them the best team in the NHL by points. Wow. Yeah, and they improve with goalies. Um, all right. Telling you, I yeah. love this team. Uh, love them, love them, love them. And Connor McDavid's going to drop 176 points. Finish second in the, the Art Ross, though, because Jack Hughes is going to have 194. Nugent Hopkins almost missed 20 games, too. And then, yeah, Kane wasn't there for the first half. So, I, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. One to see stats what this, that, I, this that I want to bring up because it was talked about in a group I'm in, uh, which is absolutely batshit insane. Connor McDavid's line for points this year is that I think it's 124 and a half. Jeez. Oh, well, let me, no, 121 and a half. I'm sorry. That is a 1.65 game pace. He would have to play if he misses more than three games. He could play at a 1.65 point per game pace and still not hit it. Like he literally has to play the entire season. I think that's such a high line. I know he's fantastic, but like, come on. He's oh, certainly man. capable because of how he plays. Yeah, say, yeah, that is scary yeah. to, to bet something like that. And having Kane next to him all year. If he misses literally four games, yeah, it's done. He's done. done. <laughs> like. That is so high. Crazy. What's it? 121? That's what I see. 121 and a half. All right. Yeah. So let's go back through. Uh, last year, played 80 games, had 123. The year before, 56 games, had 105. <laughs> I just saw the one. Yeah. Six games. Yeah. 64 points. games, 97, <laughs> 78, 116. Great. I honestly don't hate it. Uh, honestly, if I was looking I, at last I don't game. hate it. I was looking at last at year and saying, like, oh, he missed by like 16 points, like trash year. And yeah. then I saw that he only played 50 games. 56 games. That's insane. <laughs> he was That's at so a stupid. one Did you point. The goal eight. he scored yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. One one point eight seven point per game uh that shortened season in tw- last year or two years ago. Uh again, this was brought up because uh, a couple of people that were like in a group, I was, I was talking about it with them, but like Wow. Uh, That's the type of shit we talk about and try to make arguments for. And I like it, but I think I agree with you guys. Like, 
can you really bet against them? Because he might no. put up nine points in game one. Yeah, I was to say, I, yeah. Don't think, I don't think you take the under there by any means. Uh, I, I wonder what are the if, odds? Is it minus 110 both ways? Uh, I don't even have the odds. Okay. I just saw yeah. it in my Discord chat. I can pull it up right now. No that, that's just that's, too scary, though. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. that's a wild bet. That's like you're staying up at the 10 p.m. games, like just watching the Oilers religiously. No, you don't have to worry about it until he gets like 100. Once yeah. he gets 100, then you're like, <laughs> all right, um, Connor McDavid, where the okay. fuck is he? 120 right. and a half minus 112 each way. There you go. Wow. All right. I guess we can get into um, our uh, predicted standings here. I want to note something here because uh, I want your takes on this just briefly before we get into this. So the Flames and the Oilers both have their uh, point totals set at 103 and a half, same odds, both things. The Flames to win the division are plus 205, but the Oilers are plus 220, even though they still have the same point total. Does that almost just want to make you take the Oilers for the division? Because they're both predicted the same odds, the same point total. That was just something I found interesting that I wanted to share. I took I took Oilers for the division. Yeah. 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 All right. One real side thing for uh, McDavid points too. Since 2000, Nikita Kucherov has had the most points in one season with 128 in the 1819 season. Joe Thornton second with 125 in 2005 6. McDavid is third last year and tied with two seasons by Jaeger or Jaeger. Um, <laughs> Yeager Crosby is Crosby is 120 once. So if McDavid gets more than 128 points this year, he will ha- have the most points in the season since 2000. He's going to be motivated. It's crazy. That is wild. Uh, all right, let's get into our predicted standings here. Uh, Anyone want to start us off here? I'll go. All right. I see it so clearly. I love it. Um, Edmonton. Okay. Calgary. Los Angeles. Yep. Vancouver. Vegas. Yeah. Here's uh, here's where it gets interesting. San Jose, Seattle, Anaheim. Okay. Uh, Franco. All right. I have Flames, Oilers, Golden Knights, Canucks, Kings, Kraken, Ducks, Sharks. Wait, did you say Golden Knights first? Third. No. He's got third. Vegas. Oh, oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm so out of it this episode. <laughs> Holy shit. That's <laughs> good. What do you got? Mine's going to be pretty similar to Franco's again. Okay. I got Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, Canucks, LA, Seattle, Ducks, San Jose. So are ours the same outside of the top? Uh, yes, exactly. And then, yeah, I've written down before, but I have, Cal- I have Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas, uh, Kings, Vancouver, Seattle, Anaheim, San Jose. Uh, let's get into our best bets for the point totals here. Um, I guess if anyone has one that's they really want to give out, I'll let them go. Um, just because there is kind of a bunch of weird lines in this division. I like that Seattle under. Okay. 
20 point increase with with their center depth and their their blue line i just don't see it happening yeah frank over chuds hammer the oilers over at 102 and a half i like it what what's the odds on that? Because I do like that one a lot. Minus yeah. one twenty, so it's a little juiced, but still enough to where yeah, one of nice. three and a half the DraftKings line. So you want the Fanduel line of one hundred two and a half? I mean, I'll take one. I think they're finishing like one hundred fourteen points. Okay. So I like fine. the Seattle one a little bit more, just in case there's a McDavid injury. Yeah. Uh, Franco, do you have one that you like, or do you want me to uh, go? I like the Flames one, and I think that was one hundred two and a half on Fanduel as well, right? Yeah. They're both exactly the same on FanDuel. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you just bet both of them. I, I yeah. feel like both of them are going to be there. It's I, I don't see any issue with it, regardless of who you like better. Yeah, that was my thoughts exactly here. I have uh, Edmonton, one of two and a half, uh, as my best bet as well. Uh, Chuds, are you good to stick around for the Global Series, or do you know? Yeah, yeah let, let, let's just – we right. can get it done real quick. All right, let's get this done real quick here. So, obviously, the NHL season starts tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern game in Prague. Uh, the San Jose Sharks will be taking on the Nashville Predators. So there's been some line movement over the past day. Sharks uh, have since jumped to 165. Nashville's minus 195 on the money line. Over under six, it was opened at even and has since been juiced to the under here. I've seen a lot of people uh, on Twitter and kind of a lot of articles that have given up the under in this game. I believe the last time a global series game was held uh, was the Sabres versus uh, Lightning back in 2019, I want to say. The first game went under, the second game went over here. I'll start with you, Betsky, here. What are your thoughts on this matchup? And kind of are you targeting a side total or are you just going to look to play player props here? Hey, really quick, can I just go first? Yeah. Because I might have to hop off. Yeah. Um, in terms of sides, I like the over. Yeah. Uh, absolutely like the over in this game. Um, I think the National Predators are a much better team here. Uh, but at the same time, I think, what, minus 190? Like, there's not that much value for it. Um, I haven't taken a look at the three-way money line just yet, but that might be an option to potentially look at. Minus uh, still, okay, it's still a little bit too much. I don't, again, I've said it before, I don't think the Predators are that good. Um, I think we're going to see some regret from some players. But um, I will say uh, Roman Yossi. Obviously, love him. Do changes are good for shots. Uh, and obviously, we really like our boy, uh, Timo Meyer. One concerning thing, uh, FanDuel just pulled all the alt lines off their uh, their thing. So I hope we didn't get overly excited about this and they're not going to do it because I don't see them up at all. Hmm. I guess that's something to monitor uh, kind of tomorrow morning you know, as we get closer to game time. Uh, yep, and sorry, one more thing. Uh, Eric Carlson for shots on goal as well. Okay. I think last year was between him and Brett Burns. Like you just couldn't figure out which one of them it was going to be. I think it's a lot clearer now. Yeah, um, with uh, well, just Eric Carlson there. I think he's going to be pretty determined to have a bounce back season, just because everyone's calling him with how bad of a contract he is. Um, so I, I think he's going to be at least determined to be pretty good. And I think he will be overly pretty good, especially on the shots on goal. I don't know what his point is at. Um, he's plus one oh plus one oh eight. I like that. Like if if anything's happening in the Sharks team, it's going to go through him. I think especially on that power play. Uh, and I like him for shots on target as well, or shots on goal. Choose some soccer talk. Uh, well, don't don't forget how many times Nashville took pe- uh, penalties last year. They were yeah. like brutal with that. So yeah. that's a nice. And, well, that that's a big reason why I like Timo Meyer because I feel like he's just going to be firing away. 
Uh, he's minus 140, though, I think, at this point for three and a half. So you're going to have to find some good value there. But I like Timo Meyer. I, I really hope the alt lines come back open because if the alt lines are there, I want to ladder like a parlay between Yossi all the way or, and Meyer all the way from three up to like six or seven. Because I think both of them could have, you know, explode for some pretty big games. Great, great. Cool. All right. So I got to hop. I, I really appreciate it, guys. Um, you guys know where to find me. So <laughs> no need no need to do yeah. that. But I appreciate it. And I'm going to let everyone else go. Sorry about that. I just had some, uh, some work stuff I needed to get done. No problem. All right. See you, Chads. See, See you, guys. Chads. All right. We'll, Chads. Throw, we'll throw it to uh, Franco here. Franco, what are your thoughts on this game here? Side total? Or are you kind of going Chad's route here and just stick with the player props? I'll probably look more player props, but yeah. I do I do like the over, and I'd probably lean towards Nashville. I actually saw a stat from Tone's Takes that said um, the eight global series games so far that have been played since 2017, the over six is five, one, and two in those games. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And with, with what we were saying as far as Nashville giving up penalties, like that's going to keep the Sharks on, you know, able to, able to, put some pucks in the net as well. It won't be just like a one-sided Predators 3-1 type game, I don't think. I think we could see like a 4-2, 4-3 type game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really like the points props and stuff like that for – for. I wish Yossi was a little lower. I saw him at 140 earlier today, and now he's up to 165 for a point. Um, I think I saw some people on his assists. But um, I like those Carlson looks as well. Um, so I, I might, I might look that way. I, that might be where you're going to have to get value now. Cause I feel like all the, uh, Nashville players are all kind of juiced at this point. So you're going like, to have to look at somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at these shots on gold props. I'm on DraftKings right now, but they're all juiced. I mean, there's really nothing too much, uh, all your top guys that you're looking at to target. There's nothing much of value unless you kind of parlay them together. Um, Betsky, what are your thoughts on this game here? Are you like anyone? Uh... Yeah, I love everything that's been said already. I'm really hoping Yossi goes to 3.5 by the second game of the series. Um, <laughs> yeah, minus 180 for is a ridiculous shots on the line. Yeah, I don't understand why it hasn't been bumped I, up yet. I, I, I'm think, hoping I think, they, I think they've kept there. it there to prevent people from hammering it at three and a half. Yeah, because it would cost yeah. money. Exactly. As soon as that moves to three and a half, it's going to get absolutely hammered. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's something. I mean, obviously, he but he went over to sixty four percent rate last year, and then in I think all three of the games for San Jose, he went over last year too. Uh, one guy that I kind of wanted to target was Logan Couture under. He went under two and a half, 50% of the games last year. And then in all three of the games first Nashville last year, but that's at one thirty right now. So I'm a little worried about who he plays with. Exactly. That's why I also don't want to lay that number uh, as I'm not that confident in it, but um, yeah, kind of moving forward to Carlson's another interesting one as well at two and a half. He went under 56% last year and under in both games versus the Preds. But his under is at 135. So that's another one to kind of look out for. I think the big thing with Carlson is, like, you don't have Burns there anymore. So he's going to be the quarterback on the power play. He's going to be the guy that's going to be the offensive defenseman on this team this year. So 
I would be a little bit wary on an under. I, I kind of side more with Cheds with the over with him yeah. shots. It's interesting too because those two, Burns and Carlson last year, you never know which one to pick. And whichever one you pick, the other guy was going over. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it, it was just clockwork. Um, all right. Any other one, thoughts? Yeah. Go ahead. One play I really love is a hurdle goal. Since it's going to be in his hometown, he's potentially going to have some family and friends there. I think he's going to be amped up. I like that. That's, that's a good look. I like that idea. It was yeah. plus, two, plus 240 this morning, so I jumped on it. He has not scored – or he did not score against Nashville last year. Yeah. What are your thoughts on just over half a point, minus 130? Play it safe. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that too. I, did, I just did a half unit on the goal, but – I, I really do think he's – I mean, I think he's going to be the guy. I think, again, hometown crowd, this this could be a fun game for him. Yeah, it's something to note, too. I know a lot of people were looking at uh, power play points here. San Jose had a great penalty kill last year. Uh, I believe they were top five, maybe even second. I'm about off to pull up my stats, but um, that's something I'm definitely going to stay away from, at least kind of power play points at the beginning of the season. Um, and then I guess just a quick thought from you guys here, uh, obviously October kind of beginning of the season, a lot of, uh, variability here. Do you guys kind of lower units to start the season? Uh, or what's your kind of approach to the beginning of the NHL season? I, I like totals over money lines or yep. spreads at the beginning of the season. Um, definitely less units deployed, um, I'll probably go with some of the heavy hitters from last year that I love or some of the guys that their teams improved and may find some chemistry. There's of course some of those sneaky plays that looking back at my sheet that we were kind of hitting on um, late last year, like veneers that I think will be pretty juicy to jump on early. Um, But I definitely will not be doing my typical like, seven plays a game or a day <laughs> for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with what he said. Um, I think the one thing that is important, if, if you're putting in the research and there's guys you believe in, like this is the time to hit them though. Like if you believe in veneers, if you believe in Evan Bouchard, guys like that, that you think are going to take that next step, these young guys get them now because you're going to get them at a great price. And if you're right, then you're getting paid. So that that's one thing that I've started doing more recently with with other sports is is guys that I'm pegging to have better years that aren't overpriced. You know, obviously we look at UFC and these guys are obvious and they're juiced and all that stuff. But I'm talking about the guys that you did the research for. They're young. You think they're going to improve or a guy that may have moved teams that you think is going to be better than he was where he was previously. So um, don't be shy if you if you like a guy, get him now before before he is minus one fifty or minus one forty, whatever. So I agree completely. Yeah, I mean last year kind of went uh, a little heavy in the beginning, and I kind of had to dig myself out of a hole. So it's definitely something I wouldn't recommend uh, at the beginning of the year. Definitely like half unit, quarter unit plays to start the year. Um, but all right, any closing thoughts? Or uh, yeah, I guess we'll. Uh, end this episode. Uh, Franco, where can everyone find you? At Franco the Banker on Twitter. Awesome. Betsky? At Gretzky Betskies on Twitter. 
Yep. And as always, you can find me at Twitter uh, or on Twitter at Gator Betting and on Instagram at Gator Sports Betting. This has been another episode of Expected Bets 4. Thank you to everyone who listened. See ya.